Hey, welcome to another episode of the Queen's Comic Podcast. I'm Ian. And I'm Billy Bombs. How are you? I'm good. Today, we're going to be sitting around talking about comics we like. Yeah, and uh, we're going to start off talking about Hot Flip Show. Hot Flips is a comic book uh, supply company who does a lot of uh, boxes, bags, and boards. And uh, I'm so you saying bags and boards because I'm a friend of ours, but bags and boards. And you see them at a lot of shows. This is their first monthly show they've done, and we had a lot of fun. We did. Yeah, it was last weekend. And uh, you were set up there behind the table. Yeah. And I was just there digging. Yeah, but I needed help, so you came. Yeah, I helped you load so up. So me and you loaded up, and I was like, yo, go take a look around. And he and Ian racked me up so many books, but he walked out with a long box of his own stuff. I filled a long box. I left with over 300 comics. That they, doesn't happen very often. No, no. And the best part is, the guy was like, I got another 100 boxes in that show. Yeah. Like, we're there. And he was he he just wanted to sell in bulk. And he he knew. He told me. So I met him at the Route 110 show yeah, uh, in Long Island a couple of months ago, and he told me, he gave me a flyer for his show, and he said, I'm bringing 100 long boxes of stuff out of my storage locker. It hasn't been gone through in years. And I'm like, okay, you have my attention, because I love the dollar bin dig. Of course. And so it was on my radar before you even mentioned it, and I didn't think I was going to be able to make it because my son was visiting that weekend. But he was with his girlfriend, and that day happened to be her birthday, and so they were out doing their own thing that day. Nice. So I could get away for a while. I just got to be back late in the afternoon because we're all going to go for dinner. So it worked out. And I'm really glad we went. I was the first box I hit, the first dollar box I hit, I pulled out the Deja Thoris Adam Hughes nude variant. Yeah. And you looked at me like, oh, yeah, I already I had a stack right. walking past you. Yeah. You you hit it first. You, yeah, you no, I don't it. know nothing about that stuff. Right. But you're like the indie king. Well, I'm just, uh, just as a heads up, if you see an Adam Hughes nude variant for a dollar, just get it. Right. Those are books that you're going to get. More, no, it's more an, it's an expensive book. And then I kept going. I was like, oh, two copies of Lady Killer number one. Oh, another copy of Lady Killer number one. Oh, the Harrow County variant. And it just like I kept finding cool stuff. I was finding everything from like Robert Crumb books to Batman books. And like the, it was a mix of stuff that I was like, all right, PC book. Oh, this is a book that'll go into my sales stock. Like it was just a really nice balance. And a lot of good stuff to take home and read and enjoy, and a lot of stuff that I will pass on to somebody and hopefully make a few bucks on, so that I can go back and buy more <laughs> at the next show. <laughs> Most definitely, I I don't even remember what I got. I just remember having a very good time going through. Well, I grabbed a stack for you because you were yes, behind the yes. table. I was already doors done open. by then, and I was like, and I specifically remember I got you like I want to say a half dozen issues of the real Ghostbusters. Yes, yes, <laughs> the later issues, and they were in good shape. Yeah, those are hard to find. And then, um, real quick, all black covers mm-hmm. are always bad. Yeah, and almost all the Ghostbusters were like bordered with black yep. artwork with nice bright artwork in the middle, I'm like the pumpkin monster or like any type of stuff. And I was like, oh, they still look great. Mm-hmm. And then I got you, uh, I want to say like three or four issues of American Splendor because you got me, uh, you got me two issues at the beginning, and then the agent brought me another mm-hmm. one because my goal is to find out all the American Splendor books the best that I can. So yeah, hot flip show. Great show. Fun. And then fun. here's where I went a little bit wild. I became friends with the guys across from me. They were right next to Hot Flips to set up. Do you remember their names or their, oh, their no. business name or anything? Did they even have one? They were a company from Allentown, Pennsylvania. They have a comic book store and I didn't get the name. Okay. And the reason is, while I was sitting down, the guy in front of me going through the books pulled out the first Mr. Zero. Mr. Zero later on became Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. It was just in the boxes. It had to be, it probably was like a $200 book, half price. Yeah. And I came up behind them, like the meme of of the professional wrestler Undertaker coming up <laughs> behind another guy. I was like, what you get? And the guy got so scared. 
I mean, I, I, I don't even know how I went around my table. I think I, I went, I, I, I vampired my way over to it. It was one of those things where like he knew he found something that was too good to be true and he didn't want anyone else to see it. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. So good day for him. But then I started going through the bins and mm-hmm. I walked out with so much great stuff. You found that EC weird science reprint annual for me for $2 and 50 cents. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I have sh- to give it to you downstairs. I know. I can't you, no, you gave it to me. There's another one downstairs. There's another one. Yeah. There's Beautiful. a green cover. Beautiful. Um, we just kept pulling stuff out. Mm-hmm. I did a great run of Dill Kane covers of Green Lantern. They were beautiful. Yeah. I love the same. Uh, from 50 through 75 are some of the best covers ever of Green Lantern. And then I found that Zap at Zap Comics booth. Zap's got a couple stores in New Jersey. They had a booth set up there. And I found that, what was it, Green Lantern 15 or 16? 13. 13. For three bucks. Yo, <laughs> I was so happy. My run now, I have the earliest. That's why I was at 10. I bought off Bags and Borbs for sale on uh-huh. Instagram for 25 bucks. Then I have 13. Then I have from 59. No, I have from 59, the first appearance of Guy Gardner, straight through 72 of uh, Green Lantern, all my favorite covers. So, I had apparently, apparently, Billy's working on a Green Lantern run. Yeah, brightest day, blackest night, and we yeah. shall escape my sight. But those who worship people's might. My power Green Lantern's light. I love Green Lantern. That was my first books I read. You should do a Green Lantern cosplay. <laughs> I would love to, but like I, I don't know. I'm like I look more like the the, the world, more like the globe of Green Lantern. <laughs> Kilowatt. Oh man, I would be Kilowatt without the head. Um, I love Green Lantern, and I it's always like a, it, what kills me. Didn't make a Green Lantern TV show real quick. I'm, I'm yes. just going to go off kilter. I, people got mad at me that I thought they should do a Kyle Reiner run of Green Lantern mm-hmm. as a detective show. But to have, uh, as the older Green Lanterns, if you want to bring Star Power, bring Tom Cruise as Hal Jordan, and then make Jace, uh, was it Tony Todd as Jon Stewart? Tony Todd would be a, from, you're talking Candyman, Tony Candyman. Todd. Now, he, he's because got the voice. He's got the voice, yeah. but he's also got the presence yeah. of a great actor. And he would be great as a grizzled old army vet uh-huh. that would play John Stewart because make him the 70s one but I've seen shit I've been through shit and now I'm the Green Lantern yeah Richard Roundtree could have done it maybe a decade or two ago but I think he's aged out of that now yeah it's hard because of the age but the thing is uh, my Green Lantern of John Stewart is Phil Lamar's voice mm-hmm. but his Green Lantern is like a 90s 2000 uh, everybody grew up with him from the 2000s so a lot of people get weirded out why John Stewart's the main Green Lantern and a lot of people's own minds right. and eyes like, but that's the generation that grew up with. We yeah. grew up with Green Lantern like yep. that. Yep. So there's a whole young generation that loves that. But if you're going to make it older guys, make young, um, um, I forget the name of the, uh, the Green Lantern they have now. They have a young lady in a, in a young uh, Jessica Cruz, I think, is the Cruz, female but one. What's the male one? I don't he, know. He's Arabic. Okay. And I love the change up. But if you're going to have them with Kyle Reiner, have these guys as the old ones and just make it a real good grizzled detective story. Yeah. Well, isn't. Didn't James Gunn say it's going to be like in the vein of True Detective? Bingo! But yeah. I said, "Why well, you have those guys, the older guys?" Right. You know, yeah. Matt, I'm still dying to see Matthew McConaughey in the, in the DCU or MCU and somebody. Who would you cast him as? You know what it is? It's like I would love for him to be a hero, but at the same time, the man plays a pretty good villain. Jonah Hex. Yeah, but what kills? He's got me? the right accent. <laughs> Most definitely, he's you too know, handsome, probably. But you know what? That's what kills me. Is Josh Brolin played Jonah Hex in that hard? Too role. handsome. Yeah, yeah, no, they even though they it didn't down, work. I was no, like, it was still cable and downloads and still Josh Brolin. It was yeah. still too recognizable as Josh Brolin. I think honestly, I would love to see a good Jonah Hex movie because yes, Western but, horror is such like an untapped cross genre thing that sh- there should be more of. Like, I don't know, you ever see Bone Tomahawk? No, best Western horror movie of the last couple of decades. I'll check it out. Check it out. You would really like it. Kurt Russell's amazing in it. 
Kurt Russell's good in anything. Yeah. So Bone Tomahawk is like the only Western. Why does he play Joe Max? He might be too old now. Yeah, but you know what? I like old characters. Yeah, I like old characters too. Yeah, you know what? Because this whole generation needs new younger actors. Mm-hmm. Give them new young characters. Yeah, yeah, let's just play off some characters till the end. Like, don't replace Captain America with a younger version. Yeah. Let, um, just like Captain America age. Yeah, and Sam Wilson becomes Captain America because yeah. that's a good generation. They even changed his costume in a new film that I'm right. excited about. Right. And people are mad that they're bringing back the Serpent Society just for that. Or, uh, is that confirmed? I saw that rumor. Well, because I think they're using a couple of wrestlers in it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who cares? Just have fun with it. Yeah. Sometimes it's, I think the films are getting dumbed down a little bit, but I'm still enjoying them to eat popcorn and having a good time. Yeah. As you know, don't watch most of them. <laughs> I just watched Quantum Mania yesterday. Yeah. First time ever. Mm-hmm. Quantum Mania is Kang. Amazing. But they're getting rid of them, aren't they? They, they want to, but you have to. All right. You know, if anybody gets mad at me over this, please hit me up and we'll argue about it. Let the men have a stay in court first. Oh no, that's fair. Yeah, that's because fair. I don't I'm even know, to... I don't honestly know what he did. I just know he's in legal trouble. Uh domestic violence charge for a okay. fight in a cab and in the house. They arrested him. The young lady that was involved in it with him was trying to be like, no, I'm not pressing charges, but you already called the cops. Okay. But the problem is that um in comic books we have a thing where we have a saying for the Joker, it's one bad day. Mm-hmm. And now the one bad day could ruin this man's life. Yeah. I mean her life as well. Yeah. Because he's a right up and coming star, and people are like, "Oh, well, these agents don't like him, and these people don't like." Him. I was like, "I don't know what's going to happen, but everybody deserves their day in court." Yeah, no, you're right. He does deserve his day in court, and if he did it, he also deserves to be appropriately punished. And if he's innocent, then he should be able to carry on his career. But the thing is, that my argument is, if like, um, like one bad night should not ruin your whole career. But we're also the same people who saw Robert Downey Jr. come back from from mud. And yeah, he made a hell of a comeback. That's for sure. That's, That's the only sure. reason why I always say give people a chance. Yeah, I grew up with superhero morals. You have to give people a chance. <laughs> yeah, you know everybody has a bad day. Just, as long as you don't have a bad life, you're good. Mm-hmm. Or you don't make you don't be the villain in other people's life story, and give them a bad life. There you go. Um, but what else were we talking about other than Green Lantern? Uh, we were talking about the Hot Flip show. Hot Flip was excellent. It was fun. I had fun. Um, there was a guy from Port Washington that had great comics. I picked up a lot of stuff from them. A lot, a lot of dollar guys. Yeah, a lot more dollar guys than I thought. There's a mask maker there with a lot of hard movie masks. Did you grab anything from him? I didn't grab anything, but I admired them from afar. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I gotta stay away. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't you need anything? I was like, I got a day live mask, but I'm good. I talked to uh, Rodney Ramos for a while. He guy? was there. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, artist on the Marvel Talks Not- Avenger series and the inker on, probably best known as the inker on Transmetropolitan. Yes, which we all forget, but yeah. that's another one. The guy got canceled with the writer of that, Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis, yeah. But all the hard work that I went through, I hated the ending of Transmetropolitan, but I loved the story. Mm-hmm. I loved everything about it. Um, same thing with Authority. He's the guy who created Authority. But other people continued on better. Transmetropolitan never had a continuation. No, it didn't. Ellis is trying to redeem himself. He did make a very public and very sincere-sounding apology, and it does not seem to have repeated his bad behavior. So no. it could be sincere. I don't know. I mean, second chances are okay. If you yeah. learn from your mistakes, if you screw up, don't screw up again. Learn from it. Yeah, everybody should be. You should put yourself by your bootstraps and be a better person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But um, Ronnie Ramos, like, um, does great comics. Yeah, nice guy. Super yeah, nice his, guy. His Toxic Avenger doesn't get enough credit. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, that one is definitely one. I didn't even know there's more than one issue. It's I like got 18. one, two, and three. Yeah, it's I like didn't 18. know. Yeah, and then there's the Marvel Age preview. I got that one. Yeah, I got that. I got that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything, and then Rodney's such a great guy. Mm-hmm. Like hardcore, hardcore comics. We're going to get him out to the show. 
Yeah, we got him, man. We will. We I keep will. trying to like, oh man, I might be over here. I'm gonna go over there. Yeah. Him and Brian Kong. Yeah. Another great artist. Um the funny part is we in one of our earlier episodes, all these people intertwined with our friends with spine works, and they're the guys who are pressers and all that stuff. And they're getting a lot of good pressing work, but not as much CGC work these days. No. People are like, I'm not stressing that. Yeah. And but what's cool is that uh we're gonna uh my favorite thing about CGC is authentication when people can do autographs. Mm. And I would like to get one of Ronnie Ramos and Toxic Avenger number one. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I just realized that I have it. I'm going to try and get it. He's going to be at CosmoCon. We'll be there. Yeah. I'll, we'll meet, uh, we're set up at but Is there anybody doing authentication at CosmoCon? Do you know? No, but I'll bring Spineworks there. They, I think they can. Oh, they can do it? Okay. They just, uh, so yeah, they're going to be, uh, let's see, well, if they can help. And hopefully our friends at Superdrunk can get us uh, some more autographs. That'd be cool. Yeah, comics are supposed to be fun. Yep. Let's have fun with them. Yep. But let's jump into comics. We're going to jump right into a big, fat stack of comics. We each got one. We went today to Gotham Thrift in Ridgewood, Queens. They had, what was it, 11 new boxes of dollar bin books? 11 long boxes. I got there first. I got there an hour late. And you still racked up a I stack. Still got, I still got 35 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And then all the guys were like, I'm going to flip these uh, extra. I'm like, good luck, pal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you get? You want to start? All right, so we'll start off. I got the first issue of Life Brigade from Blue Comic Comics. Oh my god, you really do get the Mindy stuff. You it's know from uh, what's the copyright date on this? I don't even see it. 1986, and I bought it based entirely on this wacky ass cover, which looks like something Basil Wolverton might have drawn way back when. It's got a guy with twin 45s and like metal shoulder pads. Oh, the covers killing. Covers amazing. Look at this guy behind him. He's got clenched teeth and like a semi-automatic machine gun. He's I just know, going for it. Those right angles. Yeah, every everything about this cover is just beautiful in all the wrong ways. It's it's art. It's this is art, man. That's excellent. It's so great. So I'm super happy about that. Um, I picked up issue two of this at the Hot Flip Show last week. Oh, I excellent. don't know how many exist. I haven't read it yet, but i have just been buying them based on the wacky ass covers. What do you got? We're gonna go back and forth. So what do you oh. got? Uh, you had to grab this for me because I missed it. It's uh, The Punisher Invades Nam, number 53. It's the origin of the skull. It turns out that um, he created the skull in Nam to intimidate another sniper. And this is the second part of that story. So I was really excited about getting there. The cover um, the cover is very lackluster mm-hmm. because it's not detailed. And I haven't, I don't know much about... Um, oh, my God. I'm going to start laughing. I know much about Roger Salik, but it turns out the anchor on this one is, uh, is uh, James Palmiotti, which I guess is James Oh, it's Palmiotti. funny. Yeah, it's definitely him. Before he changed his name. Like, we've been doing this all day, looking at old styles of work. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, later you're going to have, like, uh, some uh, Alex Ross stuff, and we're going to talk about that. So let's talk about the nom for a second. Did, do you, have you read the nom, like, on a regular basis, never, or just the Punisher issues? Never. I just got this for, because one of our uh, regulars handed it to me. He was like, oh, I'm going to put this back, but this is the origin of the skull. Like, right. Let me get that. Because when it came out, when it first came out, I was buying it, and I would think I was like, I want to say it came out in 86, mm-hmm. I, I, within a year or two of that. So I was like 11 or 12 when that book came out. And I liked war movies, so I thought, well, I'll check out this war comic. And it's really, it's not a comic that's like chock full of action. At least it wasn't to start. It was very realistic. It was written by, I believe it was written by somebody who had actually done a tour of duty in Vietnam. Maybe Roger Selden. Yeah. And, and uh, Michael Golden did the art on the early issues. Oh, okay. That makes so sense. I love Michael Golden's stuff. He was that half list. Are you serious? He was across from the mask guy. I didn't even see him. No, no, he's across from Rodney Ramos. I didn't even see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was doing. Oh, sketches. I feel like such a shit. It's okay. You know, <laughs> now we got to double check who's going to yeah. be there. No, I didn't even see him. Oh man, that's crazy. I would have definitely gone signed or bought something from him. Okay, 
Well, now that I feel like a jerk, my next book. Sorry. <laughs> my next book is Amazing Man number 12. Why does anybody care about Amazing Man? Not Amazing Man, but Amazing Man. Well, number 12 has a Frank Miller Dark Knight cover. I looked at that. I was like, how did I miss that? That's yep. amazing. Frank Miller Dark Knight cover. So pretty cool. This one I'm going to do a little stack. Make right. it easier. But I'm going to complain right off the bat. Miracle Man. I love Miracle Man. Uh, Ian's trying to do a whole run because these are really for him. But the first book that I got, number three, has a Howard Shaken cover. Yes. And it's it's hard. It's not good. It's hard. <laughs> I love Howard Shaken. I mean, uh, that covers. Davis covers are killing me. Number four. Uh-huh. Uh, number five. The cover on five is excellent. Oh, number two is a beautiful cover. Is that Bissette? I don't know. Oh, look, I got two of these. Number three. I don't even know. I don't see a signature on number two. Yeah, but look how beautiful it is. And then I got another one from... Uh, I think it might have just been Gary Leach. Uh, another number six. That looks like Tim Truman. Yes. You knew it right off the yeah. bat. You're good. And then here's a kind of a cornball one, which makes me laugh. Uh, number eight, uh, where it's two books on the cover. It's Miracle Man and a preview of The New Wave. Yeah. The you New know? Wave. Good stuff. Dude, <laughs> and then, dude, some of this artwork in here is amazing because you could totally tell it's like British with Alan, with, uh, Alan Davis. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next up for you? The question number 17. Danny O'Neill. It is Danny O'Neill. Who's and, the artist on that? Uh, Dennis Cowan. Nice. And you know why this book is cool? No. Let's see if I can find the right page here. All right. So in this issue, the question, Big Sage reads a copy of Watchmen and has a dream about Rorschach. So this is the first appearance of Rorschach in the DC universe outside of the Watchmen continuity. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's the cool first look. appearance of Mr. A. Basically. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I love that. All right. Um, I'm going to have a sentimental one on me right now coming up. Uh, two pack. Uh, um, one of my favorite artists uh, that does covers was a famous book cover named Glenn Orbick, and he did Batman Shadow of the Bat, a whole series of covers and random other covers. But um, years ago, I had a poster. I, did I tell the story before? I, think? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I realized that um, I learned that a uh, baseball player named Joe Maurer, if you mail him cards, he'll sign it and mail them back to you. I was like, I wonder if combo guys would do that. Yeah. So I wrote an email to Glenn Orbick. And I was like, oh, I have a poster. It's a Batman Shadow of the Bat number 81. It's the Joker having a tea party with all the inmates in the asylum. And they're using the orderlies as furniture. And so it's one of my favorite covers. And I told him, I said, can I mail it to you? And, and then you mail it back to me. And I was like, I'll just, uh, I'll send you a poster. He goes, hold on. I'll send you a new poster. That's awesome. Yeah. Signed by this me and a, my wife. It's a great cover. Yeah. It's downstairs in, the, my, my, in my apartment. And it's on the wall when you walk in. It's signed by him and his wife. His wife died six months later and oh, just passed away two years ago. That's so I hold it. Yeah, so it's my treasure forever. Yeah. Even when the glass broke one time in a move, it messed up the pose a little bit, but I still have uh-huh. it. And then here's another one where they're all escaping, and it's him and his wife. And look at the cover on this number 82. He just did painted stuff? He just painted. He was a famous... Uh, pulp book cover okay artist? that makes total sense yeah, yeah. that makes because it looks was, like pulp style art and then dc was hiring a few artists at the time like uh that's how uh, marvel got mike Choi. okay and he's like a cheesecake uh like uh, uh-huh. pulp cover and but they went with like uh guys who did like more um like you know like uh like uh renegade gumshoe you know right, right story, yeah you know? So the, he's the one detail, of my The detail in this painting work is impressive well forget about it yeah. man. imagine having one of these mm-hmm. in your house yeah that's nice so real Oh, what's next up here? Next up, uh, Dead Man, number seven, the reprints from the 80s on the, uh, what is it, Baxter paper, I guess it is. Um, reprints all the, the Dead Man stories from the Strange Adventures run that Neil Adams did. 
Um, yeah, so this was That's one of my cherished books. Actually, it's it's the seventh issue, which I, I believe is the final one. I think there were only seven of them in total, and it was the last one that I needed for the set. So they had the first six there, and I was gonna grab them just to have the whole set, and then like maybe try and sell it as a set. But mm-hmm. I want number seven, and then I would have to break up the set. I thought I'll leave them for somebody else. Somebody else should be picking up Dead Man and experiencing how great it is. Yes, yes, what a great run, Boston Brand. What a uh-huh. great character. Yeah, just what unique, so unique. Yes, yeah. Um, that's one of my cherished possessions. Which my one? first appearance of Do you have one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I have it downstairs. I'll show it to you. Bastard. <laughs> I, got, I got it for very cheap. And uh-huh. I'll find you one for very cheap graded. Yeah. What's another one you were specific? Yeah, I'll do a couple graded? because you you cleared out with those Miracle Mans. Uh, Cartoon History of the Universe from Ripoff Press, Volume 7, all about Athens. Uh, so this is going to be the history of Athens, Greece. Uh, it's a Ripoff Press. I don't know who did the art in it. It's... Uh, I just bought it because of the ripoff press logo. For a dollar, I'll pick up random ripoff press books because they're always fun. Larry Gonick. And yeah, the whole thing, it's like the history about the rise and fall of Athens. There you go. A little, uh, little culture. A little high-class history for you there. Nice. <laughs> and then I picked up the free comic book day Avatar issue because it's the first appearance of Avatar in comics. It has. What year was that, though? Uh, good question. 2017. Nice. Yeah, it has a bit of value to it. I love finding old free comic day. Like yeah. I find Bongo comics, uh-huh. the Simpsons ones from 2011. I forget how long we've been doing this stuff. Here's here's one that I picked up. Grips number one. So I'm a sucker for Silver Wolf comics, even though most of them are trash. Mm-hmm. But Grips was kind of like the one exception because it has early Tim Visual Art in it. Like it predates Faust. Nice. So bro, I love that weird. Flip through order. this, flip through this and quick. check out the artwork in it. So Vigil did four issues of it for silver wolf and then it became successful and silver wolf did a follow-up series called grips adventures that i think has one or two issues of visual artwork in it that he may or may not have been paid for there's <laughs> a backstory there he was definitely the best artist in the silver wolf stable ron Lim came out of the silver wolf stable too and he was really good i think he followed uh vigil on grips for a while in fact i know he did but as good as ron Lim got he wasn't quite there yet mm-hmm. so i think vigils art stands out better and as a kid, this is another one that I bought like as a kid. This came out in 86. I probably shouldn't have been buying it in 86 because it had like violence and curse words in it and stuff. So it doesn't have a mature reader's warning on the front. Somehow I, I love those 80s indie books. Yeah. And like there's someone who wrote such oddballs. Like I'm a Megaton Man fan. Megaton Man is anything Don Simpson does is worth looking yeah, I have a signed book from him, but not Very realizing cool. it's signed because I was like, why'd you say Don Simpson in 1999? And now I was like, oh, it's a signature. Right. But all the 80s stuff, because I don't like the format as much, mm-hmm. like the way it is, but I do like how the signature uh, teal border. Yeah, the nice teal border on the front cover of Grips. Stuff like Each that. one of the four main Silver Wolf issues has a different color border on it. There's like a yellow one, a red one, and an orange one. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And I love how uh, Batman Shadow of the Bat ripped that off for their first reprint of all their books. Did they? Yeah, because I had a stack of them, and okay. one of each color. Funny. A pink, blue, yellow, teal, aqua aquamarine or whatever and you're like jesus christ I'm gonna another weird thing about this cover so on the front cover grips who's like this vigilante with like one giant spike on his hand he's on top of a roof of like what looks like a theater maybe and he's just killed this dude a lot of all dripping down the building and money flying everywhere because the briefcase that he had is opened up and it's signed liberty on the bottom for a weird period of time vigil if i remember correctly was signing his books liberty i don't know why Next time I meet him, I'm going to ask him about that. I met him before. I didn't ask him, but I should have. Maybe I'll message him on Instagram if he answers. You want to do one of yours real quick? Yeah, I also picked up two issues of Miracle Man, 13 and 14. Um, I think we got the the, run going on here. The John Tottleman issues. 
towards the end of the Alan Moore run. No issue 15. Neither one of us got that lucky because that's, no, that's, that's an expensive the one that we never find. No, that's the And I was the book. first guy in the door, so I was surprised about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it means somebody went through those boxes first, probably. Well, hopefully. You meant although, that. although, were there any issues after 15? Because maybe whoever had, who was buying it, that collection came from, just didn't buy anything after 14. No, but I have a 16. Ah. That's why I know they did. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then I found. Uh, I think we were talking about earlier, but we're going to talk about that. Okay. Is um the change of names? You have Terminator by Alexander Ross. Yep. Yep. And this is when he signed him Alexander. It I is when he signed him Alexander. Yeah. Terminator: The Burning Earth, number two, number three, and number five, and uh, <laughs> it's such a cheesy cover. I mean, number two has uh, a female Terminator on the front with like a red and white background, and it says N I L eight in her glasses. <laughs> Which obviously is Annihilate. But yeah, it's signed as Alex Alexander Ross, illustrator. Yeah, what, and I love those covers, but they always crack me up. Mm-hmm. You have his first ever cover ever, right? Which was? Clyde Barker's Hellraiser? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I know you, fi- you, you either finish one or you have like... I'm missing months. two or three issues. I'm getting real close on it. Yeah. yeah. And what a great run. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also picked up issues two, three, and four of... Uh, the Dark Horse Robocop versus Terminator series. I what have a great run. I, I have issue trade. one, and I didn't have the other ones. But Frank Miller and Walter Simonson can't say no to can't that. Go, and doing Robocop versus Terminator, what's not to love there? I have the trade. You know, yeah. I'll jump back on here. Sure. Um, is a P- I have a PC book. I have a few of them from this one of uh, called Dark Horse Presents, and I love these oddball books because I was getting so confused for such a while from it. Dark Horse Presents. So uh, the early ones I have is like number seven. Number six, number five, uh, and number three, which I'm trying to finish this one. Do you have a number one? Uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm just double check, but it's all like stuff like with the most. Like I have some of these as trades, like Concrete is one of my favorite books. I have that, but none of the stuff got collected, like Trekker and Trekker was Roma. cool. I'm like I've never seen it collected like no. I like because Dark Horse did a digest size books for Concrete one through seven. Yeah, and there's such. Good book. Concrete's great. That was Paul Shadwick. Yeah. yeah. Underrated yeah. artist. Good writer, too. Yeah, we'll jump back on to you, so now we're close in piles. All right. Uh, I think I mentioned I got Aliens vs. Predator, number three, the original Dark Horse series. If I didn't, uh, Blood for Dracula, number two. So from Apple Comics. I started buying these because um, some of the issues have rights and backup stories. Really? Like, yeah. So I was buying those, and then I thought, well, I might as well just try and complete the run. And some of them have, like, some cam. Sam Keith did a cover for one. Um, they're, they're interesting. They're not, they're not amazing, but they're interesting. Usually they're, they're more appealing for the covers and the backup stuff than for the main stories themselves. This one doesn't happen to have any interesting backup stories or anything like that. Um, but it does have some Mark Wheatley art and, uh, it was an issue that I needed. So I think this completes the run. Um, but I also found myself two copies of North Star come uh, off like 106 where he reveals that he's gay. Oh, that's the coming out issue. Yeah. The coming out issue. So I was going to grab that one. I got Marvel's Universe X number zero. It's the Dynamic Forces exclusive edition uh, with a certificate of authenticity. I missed Diamond when it was normal. Yeah, limited to 2,500 copies. I don't know. It's a nice Alex Ross sketch cover. Most definitely. For a dollar. I think it's Alex Ross. Yeah, it's definitely Alex Ross. For a dollar, why not? And then I grab Mr. Monster's High Shock Schlock, which is very hard to say quickly. Uh, Number one and number two. These are. Mr. Monster books that reprint some old 50s pre-code horror and crime stories. Is that how old Mr. Monster is? 
yes, but basically what they're doing here is like they're just taking public domain stories and adding like bumper pages where Michael Gilbert would draw Mr. Monster and he kind of plays horror host, like an Elvira type thing. I like that. Yeah. And then you get notes about um, like who did the original old school stories that are reprinted in here um, towards the back. So it's, it's fun stuff. If you like pre-code horror and old crime books um, and Mr. Monster, all of which appeals to me, then you can't go wrong with these. And this issue one has a, a Fred Hembeck story in it as well. I still have to buy that pretty fun. artwork. Oh, we, no. we, somebody came in with Fred Hembeck artwork in the show and I'm like, I don't want to pay 150 yet. That'd be tempting, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Mr. Monster, I love. I love his statue that they came out with from. Um, what name of the guys who used to do statues? Bowen, wasn't it Bowen? Bowen. Yeah, it's yeah. a Bowen statue. Yeah, issue two of High Shock Schlock. You have to say it that way. Mm-hmm. You say it fast enough, you're screwed up. Has a Basil Wolverton reprint in it. Nice. And I like Basil Wolverton stuff, so had to get it. That's the highlight of that issue for me. Oh, I was gonna let you finish. Oh, I'll finish my Mr. Monster. Right, yeah. I did also grab the. Eclipse, Mr. Monster, number one, even though I already have one because it's got a Dave Stevens cover. I'm sorry, it's not number one, it's number two. And uh, when you see a Dave Stevens cover, especially one in perfect shape like this in the dollar bin, you don't leave it there. Uh, I picked up an odd set of books called Infinity Inc. I had to double check one of them. Uh, it's the first work of Todd McFarlane in DC that wasn't uh, Alien Invasion. Mm-hmm. So it's number 13 is his first book. Number 15 was like one of his first uh, like covers that people collect. And it's with him and another name of these. But then the big book in this one is the first appearance of Mr. Bones. Who is a cool-ass like, character. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, one of Tom McFarland's like, creation, number si- number 16 on this one. So I was happy to grab that. But I have a few of them. I'm not going to lie to you because I would like to get Tom McFarland to sign it. Mm-hmm. Do you know, the, you know the oddball story that Tom McFarland did on um, Instagram talking about who sent them the weirdest, wildest book for him to do a signing? No. It was a Royal Collectibles in Queens. They sent him some Aladdin variant cover. He did. And he was like, I don't, oh no, uh, Prince of Persia. It's crazy. He did a cover for them as like an incentive. And one guy sent it in. It was one of their customers. Probably the only one on the census. Yeah. And it's a senseless book. Rumor has it that Mr. Bones is kind of sort of a spawn prototype. That makes sense. Yeah. If you look at him. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Now I really know. Yeah. Especially with the cape. The cape, yeah. Yeah. Um, getting back to Dave Stevens again for a minute, uh, Rocketeer special edition, number one Pacific comics written and drawn by Dave Stevens with the Rocketeer. And of course, Betty in it, I have like three or four of those, but again, I don't leave it there for a dollar. And then the coolest book I got today was issue one of the four issue micro series, not a mini series. It's a micro series. I don't know what the difference is. It's four. Uh, world of wood. Number one from eclipse comics, which just reprints a bunch of old Wally wood stuff, but Fantastic Dave Stevens cover on there. Yeah, look at that cheesecake. Nubile young woman being uh, fondled, I guess you would say, by a bunch of tentacles with some sort of like monster guy trying to save her while an army of uh, deadite skeleton-looking dudes fend him off. <laughs> so yeah, I reprint some old. Some old Welcome back to the land of living. Now get to work. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So you can't go wrong with Wally Wood and Dave Stevens together. So absolutely a winning combination. Nice, nice. Yeah, let me jump on mine because we get we're starting to get to the oddball stuff a little bit, which I say that would mean you were kind of oddballs. Mm-hmm. I got four Stormwatch issues. Um, two of them are keys. One of them is like the first appearance of a lot of members of the Authority for Stormwatch number thirty-seven. Then it was another one that's like other characters that are main uh, focus, main first appearance number forty-eight. And then there, he, this is where it gets weird. Nineteen ninety-seven tributes to of Stormwatch to um. Uh, Watchmen. Yes. So it's a Watchmen cover. 
uh, done by um, I really don't even know these people. Mark Mark I. Okay. I don't know. And then they do an EC cover tribute of Stormwatch called um, a Torah tale that spans decades, where he's fighting an alien running, and that's uh, it's written by Warren Ellis, but I guess it's a variant. But it's kind of a cool tribute. Yeah, never seen that EC homage before. That's neat. Love stuff like that. Yeah. What's next up, you? Have you seen uh, the Eclipse? This is another micro series. I guess Eclipse didn't do mini series; they did micro series, and it's one of one. Mm-hmm. So they're not calling it a one shot. <laughs> anyway, uh, Beset and Veach's cover. Yeah, Beset and Veach's Fear Book, and it's a collection of just like older indie stuff that um, uh, Steve Beset and Rick Veach had done in their early days. And uh, reprinted in color for the first time. Michelle Wrightson, who uh, I believe was Bernie Wrightson's wife, did the coloring for it. And it's cool old horror stuff. You never seen this before? Never. Okay. Here you go. Let me take a look. No, you keep it. I got oh. a couple of them. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. It's, oh, a, fun, it's, a, it's a great read. Now. It's a great read. And I'm a big Rick Veach fan because I don't think he gets enough credit for all those shit he writes. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy writes a lot of good stuff. Yeah. You do another one. All right. Because I have less power than you, buddy. Future Beat. <laughs> from <laughs> Oasis Comics from nineteen eighty six. Scott Comics, yeah. It's the noise you make when you hear mozzarella sticks. You know what I'm gonna do with this book? What? Pick it up. Supposed <laughs> <laughs> to go pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, I couldn't do it more than once. Uh, too self conscious. Oh uh, yeah, this is. I don't know what this is. It's it's a wacky ass indie comic about a future cop working a beat. The art's very sparse. There's no background yeah, detail in no any color. of these. There's no background detail. Well, it's black and white, but there's no background yeah, detail. Yeah, but dude, there's detail in the back of the black and white book. This yeah. one, really, yeah. you really shit the bed on that So one. I don't know. Maybe I wasted the dollar. Maybe I didn't. But I just, I love the cover on this. Well, it's, it's, stuff. it's like so weirdly colored, the cover. And it's, of course, like look at the size on this. <laughs> it's, I guess, golden age size. So it's not going to fit. Well, I got probably got some golden age bags around. But at any rate, I don't know if this was like, it, it looks, it's a Blade Runner ripoff. Like, look at that cover. It's a Blade Runner ripoff. 100%. So, uh, I used to picture somebody saying Razor Walker. Yeah. For a dollar, <laughs> I'll gamble on stuff like that. And then, so another one that I gave for a dollar is another ripoff press book Rockers, number one. <laughs> you know? Wait, I have number two downstairs. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I just realized what you just said. Mm-hmm. I have number two for you downstairs. Totally not familiar with this book at all. It's just a, looks like an anthology series. Some of which I think is based on real rockers. Like this second story is supposedly based on uh, the psychedelic chemical depravity of Sid Barrett. And uh, R.L. Crabb appears to have done most of the work on this book. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be great. Maybe it's going to suck. But for a dollar, I figured I'd gamble just because I can say I own rockers number one. <laughs> of course. All right. So let me jump on some of the weird ones I got. I got the official comic book adaption of the Warner Brothers motion picture, Batman Returns, by Denny O'Neill, with artwork from Steve Irwin and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, who's one of the best artists I know. He's great. Yeah, and it's like, this is just an adaption book. And um, I get this just for a friend of ours in Normandy. She does the woodcut prints for a comic party, and she collects everything Batman Returns. I was like, I'm going to give that to her. What's her Instagram? Plug it. N-Y-S-K-E-N. Yeah, her artwork is... Artwork is fantastic. Oh my god, forget so about cool it. and unique. Yeah. Arts and art prints and t-shirts. Yeah, she hooked me up with a great. Uh, and it's not just com- not just comic book stuff too. Horror movie stuff and like rock yeah. stuff too. She uh, she definitely does a lot of good CBGB's artwork. She has her own main uh, character story that she does, but these are all hand carved wood prints, like you know, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I got this other book. This one is like famous. I just can't remember why. Okay. 
And I might have to look this up. It's a Batman annual from 1990. It's uh, number 14. Like, uh, bear with me, like, while I look it up. But, like, uh, we'll jump on Ian and then come back to this one. Okay, we're jumping on me. Sounds uncomfortable. Uh, uh, terrible. <laughs> pit number 19. Um, this is after Dale Keown left Image and went on his own to do... So he continued it with somebody else? Yeah, Full Bleed was his own publishing company. So yeah. he self-published the last few issues of Pit. They are tough to find. I think 20 was the last one. So this is the second oh, last so one. Oh, it's him doing by himself. That's excellent. And they were coming out like once every year and a half or something at this point. Like he was never fast to begin with. So yeah, rare pit issues for a dollar. Why not? Um, I'll keep going because you're still looking. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. This one has a good story because everybody keeps buying this book and I want to know why. Because I'm Batman Annual 14. Yeah, there's a big reason for it. Okay, well, you. Oh, here we go. All right. All right, here we'll jump back onto it. A sequence in this issue where a house was rigged to explore was mostly a minute for fear that readers would attempt the method in real life. Tap cover and swipe to view pages in the original cover. What? So, uh, yeah, it, oh my God. This is horrendous. This is horrendous. It teaches you how to make a bomb from, <laughs> from how to blow up a house oh, shit. using a stove. Yeah, probably don't want kids yeah. trying to figure out if that's going to work or not. Yeah, and it, oh my God, what a, no wonder. So people sell this for like 10 bucks only. Okay. It's like a $10 book constantly. That's crazy. It's probably, they're not going to reprint that. Yeah. <laughs> not in that edition. They'll alter it. Or they already changed it. Let's yeah. see if they, they had they changed it. Yeah. Comic code. What's the next one for you? Death Rattle, Volume 2, Number 5 from what? Kitchen Sink. Look at that cover. Yeah. It's a Rand Holmes cover nice. uh, with a nice giant lizard on it. It's also got work from, uh, so the first story, Junkyard Dog, uh, written by Mike Barron with art by underground legend Rand Holmes. Nice to see his art in color. And uh, definitely, definitely, definitely channeling Wally Wood's EC work here. Nice. Like in a big way. Right down to the detail on the, <clears throat> the planetscapes. Lots of naked ladies and monsters in this book. It's kind of a thing for me. Um, second story, Robot Woman by Basil Wolverton. Always happy to pick up more Wolverton art. Third story, Bolto, A Mountain of Silver. Don't see a credit for this one. Oh, it's Jackson. That's why the art looks familiar. And that's the last story in the book. That's nice. Yeah. Um, get this instead. Um, this is the first time I ever seen this in a, in a DC Comics. Uh-huh. Replace the page of blowing up somebody. It's replaced with the Great Eastern Comic Conventions ad. Oh, so the version you have is the replacement edition? They're all replaced. Oh, okay. Okay. But people still want them because it has still the explosion part. Uh I've never seen them do an ad for a New Jersey comic convention starring Tom McFarlane, August 11th and 12th, 1990. Wow. I've never seen it. It's like the dumbest shit. Back when he was signing stuff for free. Yeah, he still does it for cheap. Like, you did the problem with that CDC stuff. Right. Sorry. Oh, and then my favorite thing in the whole world is Bonk's Adventures and Turbo Graphics. You ever seen Bonk? Yep. So, I'm a big kid. Yeah, yeah. The ad for the video game, yeah. Sorry. That's well, all good. Next, you got to tell me about this because you got to explain to me why you buy these books. Which book specifically? Grimjack. Grimjack number one? Yeah. Okay. First of all, because it's awesome. Bro, you have a <laughs> lot of them. Uh, I have like four or five of them. It's been optioned. Supposedly, there's a movie coming. So if you find them in dollar bins, pick them up. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just did the bunk. Like, Do um, you all I, want to have like five? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> it's a good read. It's John Ostrander writing and Tim Truman, like at the height of his illustrative powers. Like the artwork in there is great. I keep the ones you gave me that you're like, oh, this famous writer did it. Like mm-hmm. Adam Hughes' first work. And I number 75. So that kind of cracked me up. I was like, why yep. do people keep picking this up? Yep. And you explained it. Well, then I'll do the one that why people keep picking up this book Superman number 48 from the 90, late 90s from Dan Jurgens. 
I got this to get Dan Jurgens to sign it. Okay. Because it's Superman when he's an electric blue. Yes. And for some reason, everybody keeps thinking it's going to be the next Superman movie. No, it's not. They're yeah, still going to keep with the cape and the underwear. I will eat that book if that's the next Superman movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, no, but I like Dan Jurgens, and he likes to sign. He signs like an oddball. Mm-hmm. He goes up Broadway on the forehead or something like that. You're like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> What's next up for you? All right, I got two more. Uh, second last book, Crackbusters number one. This is another weird-ass indie book from the 80s that I pick up whenever I see it cheap. Um, it's exactly what it looks like. It's a pair of vigilantes beating up crackheads. Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's Fair a little enough. it's a little fascist. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's an 80s book, right? So is it 80s? It could be early 90s. Let me check. No, it's 80s. 80s. Yeah, it's part, yeah, of, part of the black and white that. 80s explosion. And it's it's ridiculous. It's not good. There's two issues. I have them both. When I first started doing the Queen's Comic Party shows, and you were like, put some pictures up, put some pictures up of like books you're going to have. I always put up a picture of Crackbusters. I don't think anybody ever noticed. Dude, you're fine. <laughs> um, I got two more books as well. Okay. But mine's are a little bit oddball off. Mine's is the Superman 10 Cent Adventure. I love these books by uh, Scott McDaniel covers. Mm-hmm. Where Superman, like, it's like literally like a cheesecake uh, 40s book. And I love this stuff. And... It's just, I keep picking them up. I have a ten of them. Do you want one? It's like a noir cover. Yeah, I don't have one. Yeah, take it. All right, sweet. All right, and then my favorite is the one you got last. This is Scott McDaniel definitely challenging or channeling Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah, but like I love the guy because he does. Um, what is he? He did after that a lot of outsiders books and like stuff like that. He did that run on Daredevil where they gave him the weird ninja costume, right? In the nineties, maybe not. I can't remember. I think he did. I think his artwork is a little bit more solid than those were. I think he did. Yeah. Wait, here's the one I pulled out for you. And I was like, yes, you get so this. I didn't know this book. So Billy pulled this out of the dollar bin. Detective Comics number two, I'm sorry, 521 uh, with a Green Arrow backup story in it. Uh, the Batman story is written by Jerry Conway with art by Irv Novick and Sal Trapani, everybody's favorites. Um, that art's okay. But the backup story. They may not write it at all. No, they do. It's uh, You said it was Alan Moore. Wrong issue. Ooh. This is written by Joey Cavallari, art by Trevor Von Eden. But I'm still happy to have an well, early '80s. That's all right. Early '80s detective comic with a Green Arrow backup story for a dollar. Well, hold on, let me look it up. Maybe I'm wrong because uh, so there, this might be around the time he was fighting with them. Maybe because I'm a huge uh, uh, Alan Moore fan. Yeah. So behind us, we can always double check. Uh, is DC actually right in front of you? Uh, DC Universe by Alan Moore. Pull it out, and I'll show you. It's a two issues. One of them is Bullock, but the other one is, and uh, he did very little backup stories for anybody. But while we're looking that up, because we lost uh, track of that one, he barely he, he barely did any Batman stories, so he did a Green Lantern. There's a Green Lantern story he did in Tales of the Green Lantern Corps Annual Number 2. Green That's Green what Arrow. you're talking about? No, Green Arrow. I don't see a Green Arrow story. Anymore. Really? I mean, no, dude, I can't believe I got it wrong. It's okay. I mean, it's still. So that was in Detective Comics 550. This one is which one? 521. Oh, my mistake. Did the Green Arrow backups last that long in Detective? I guess yeah, they did. I did not know. I yeah. only thought it lasted four issues, so yeah. I guessed that one. Okay. Uh, but, mystery solved. Yeah, just leave it up. I'll fix it later. And the last book I got, which is the Cornies of the Corny, is Conan the Adventure. With a, uh, what do they call it? Embossed cover. Yep. So you can feel his loincloth and you can feel his penis. Nice. Yeah. It's like, Billy's doing that right now. Yeah, I'm literally doing this right now. Some other kid kept doing it. What do you do? Sometimes I'm <laughs> Do you remember that cartoon? No. There was a cartoon? cartoon? Conan the Adventurer. Oh, that explains it. Conan, this was right behind the X Men Adventure books. He's as brave as anyone before. <laughs> Not oh, a great theme song. The song. Anyway, the artwork in that is killer. Really? Raphael, I can't pronounce his last name, Kayanin. Starts with a K. 
Flip through it. The artwork is fantastic. He's definitely, definitely heavily influenced by the early Barry Windsor Smith Conan stories. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So make fun of the cover because it's easy to make fun of it. But like very 90s cover. It's a 90s gimmick cover for sure. But the artwork inside is really nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, shit. Holy crap. This is insane. Yeah. This is the goriest thing I've seen in a Marvel book yes. for a cartoon? Well, I mean, the, the cartoon wasn't like that. Yeah, <laughs> the cartoon was definitely dumbed down. It in, but yeah. It's good. It's a good run. And they have a nice tribute on the wrong blog. Yeah. Conan the Adventure is one of those things. It's like it's off a lot of people's radars. And yeah. it's, it's dollar bin books. Like you find them in dollar bins all the time. As you the clearly thing. found out today when you picked it up. But it's good. It's worth getting. Yeah. We ran out of books. We ran out of books, but um, the, we already doing indie, but we did a bunch of indie books. Yeah, so, we're good. We covered that death rattle. That's in, death rattle. That's the underground of the week. All right, folks. So we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time because we're going to keep doing more comics, obviously. Yeah. And then I have to go like grab a stack of books for Ian in our basement. All right, let's go to the basement. All right. Bye. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>